welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. This is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad they're in it. Welcome to another episode of Real People Real Talk, the podcast that wants to see you thrive. Today's episode, I already know, it's going to be phenomenal. The topic is relationship over religion, and we're going to discuss practical ways for you to thrive in your walk with the Lord. But first, let me read a listener review. Krista Neutra said, Paul is very gifted at having meaningful conversations and relevant conversations. He always brings a new perspective to the table and shed lights on topics that need to be asked about. It is truly real people, real talk. I see what you did there. This podcast talks about the important things and is a must listen for anyone who wants to live their best life. Krista, man, thank you so much for a such a thoughtful review. And yes, to echo what she said, we created this show for you and we want to see you thrive. So we ask that you leave us a rating and a review. If you love the show, we would love to hear from you and get your feedback. But now let's talk. My guest today is a pastor, author, and influencer. He uses his story of overcoming obstacles to encourage, motivate, and inspire others. The foundation of his philosophy is built on his relationship with Christ and the principles of consistency and discipline. Amen to that. And man, God is really using him in the social media space as well. So welcome to the show, Andrew F. Carter. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> Most definitely. And so I know um, that you have an amazing testimony that really highlights God's faithfulness and God's redemptive activity. But let's bring in our audience. So could you share a bit of your testimony? Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Um, all for the glory of God. You know, there's uh, there's power in God's purpose. And um, for me, I grew up, you know, rough. My, my Both of my parents were drug addicts. Um, my mother was a prostitute, uh, grew up really rough. Um, dropped out of school, ran away from home. She was hitchhiking up and down the the West Coast, you know, from truck stop, truck stop to truck stop. She ended up in Portland, Oregon, where she met my dad, um, who became uh, her pimp, essentially. Like, that's what he did. And so um, I'm the product of the two of them getting together. So when I was born, I was addicted to drugs. Uh, when I was three months old, my mom had, she she got beat within like an inch of her life from my dad and she took off she moved to California. And so I, I never met my dad. I didn't, I didn't know the man. I, I had heard stories about him. Um, but when we moved to California, she got remarried, uh, had an, I, I got a younger brother and we just kind of moved around. They were in, um, the, the, uh, apartment management industry. So we would stay at one apartment building for six months and then move around. Um, life was crazy. It was just, it was just hectic. We were constantly moving, uh, in and out of different places. Long story short, um, you know, my mom, my mom relapsed and got back on drugs after, you know, eight years of being clean, left my stepdad and life was just kind of turned upside down. So, um, she went back to drugs. My brother went with his dad and I was kind of tossed around between foster care, family members. Um, I'd go with my mom and she'd get locked up. I'd go to foster care. I'd get back with my mom. She'd go to rehab and I'd go with a family member, but it was like that until I was about 17 years old. So, um, at the age of, you know, 11, 12 years old, I started selling drugs, doing drugs, having sex. It was just like, it was a way of life. That's what I seen. I didn't, there was no religion. There was no God. There was no, uh, there, there, there was nothing. 
you know, I was just kind of following in the footsteps of my parents and my environment and what I saw. When I was uh, 17, this is the first time I really had an understanding of who Christ was. I was trying to date this girl. Her brother was a Christian recently, you know, born again. And uh, he pulled me aside and was just like, hey, if you want to date my sister, you have to you have to be a Christian. And I was just like, whatever, you know, I'll do whatever I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to see this girl. What's good. And so we sat in the car for an hour and he told me about the death, the burial, the resurrection, the Holy Spirit, sin, all of this stuff, man, for an hour. And at the end, I, you know, I gave my life to Christ. What I didn't know is the, the, the ramifications from that decision and what it would do to my life. Like from that moment forward, sin no longer felt, looked, or, or was the same, you know? And I wish I could say that from that night, I, I started living for Christ, but I didn't. Like that night I went home and smoked weed. I still was like living crazy, but it, it stopped feeling good. It's, it, there was like this awakening that happened that evening, like at that prayer, from that point forward, there was just like this guilt. There was this shame. There was this regret. Something felt off. And uh, I can look back in retrospect and know that that was God like first coming into my life. I ended up getting this girl pregnant. And because of how I grew up without a father, um, I did the decision. I made the decision to marry. I said, you know what? I, I don't want a kid to have to not have a dad. I know what it's like. Uh, I'm going to really give this, this thing a try. So I married her and, uh, you know, to give a little background, you know, we were kids, we were 18, 19 years old and, um, didn't know who we were, didn't know what we wanted. We were forced into a situation. We got married out of obligation. Uh, you know, we were in an abusive situation mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, like we weren't healthy together and we tried really, really hard. Uh, we went to counseling. Um, we ended up getting in church. We kept adding kids to the situation. We have three kids together. We were married for 14 years, um, divorced after that. But when we were 23, um, you know, during one of those times of trying to get right, we got to church and we went to this church that was, uh, I want to say it was a great church, Holy Ghost filled Pentecostal, but it was like very militant. The, the, the goal of this church was to plant churches and was to grow. Uh, so if you were in church, you were basically in ministry. And so we went to this church for three years and, uh, this church was like, you know, Monday through Sunday, we were there seven, six, seven days a week. There was no days off. It was Monday's men's group. Tuesday was outreach. Wednesday was service. Thursday was, uh, it was like family group. Friday was uh, concerts. Saturday was outreach. And we had two sermons on Sunday, different sermons. And so for three years I was being raised, uh, and, and kind of built to be a pastor. And, uh, towards the end of our time there, we would have these revivals and this evangelist came in and this evangelist was known throughout our church community to be very prophetic. So he would speak over to people's lives. And when he spoke, man, what he said came true. Like you could see it happening. So whatever this man said was happening, he, he was anointed. He was filled with the Holy spirit and was speaking over people's lives. So we had a seven day revival. And during this time we were fasting, we were going to church every night. And at the end of each service, he would call one person out of the crowd and the crowd anywhere 30, 40, 50, maybe a hundred people, pull people out and he would prophesy over their life. And at the time I worked in a, I was building houses. I was working in the factory and, uh, you know, every night I'm just like, Lord speak to me. He brings somebody up. He blesses their finances. I'm just like, Oh, that's me. I need that. Second night, call somebody else up, you know, blesses them, blesses them. All these nights go by, man. I, I was getting, I was like super discouraged night seven. He calls me up last night of revival, the seventh night brings me up and I'm just like rubbing my hands together. Like I'm about to be blessed. He's about to, you know, speak into my finances. And this man had the audacity to tell me that uh, I was called to ministry and that I had words of gold 
and that I was going to speak to millions of people about Jesus. This was his words. Wow. And this is back in like 2000 and man, 2006, 2007. This is when I, there was MySpace. There wasn't millions of people to talk mm-hmm. to. There was no TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook was, I don't even know if Facebook was around, but you know, when he said this, I looked over my shoulder like, was he, that wasn't for me because uh, first off, I don't talk. I don't speak. I work in a factory. No, I didn't want it. So um, um, (laughs) two weeks later, we left the church. I I packed my family up and I left. I was just like, I'm not, I'm not having it. Uh, I ended up going back to school. And for me being the first person in my family, it was a big accomplishment. So I ended up earning two college degrees uh, in health, uh, health promotion and community health, public health. And I played college basketball. Uh, I started a gym. So after leaving the church, right, I had this Jonah moment where I ran from this calling on my life and I started to achieve and to rack up these accolades and achievements and trophies and and newspaper clippings because I was killing it in basketball. I was killing it in sports. Uh, I was on the chamber of commerce, this gym that I I opened a gym and we were making a quarter million dollars a year. Um, Just like I was doing my thing according to the eyes and the wisdom of the world. What people didn't know is behind the scenes, our relationship was still abusive. Uh, uh, We were still fighting behind the scenes. Um, I was abusing performance enhancing drugs. I was taking steroids. I was taking pills because I was so, uh, I was so beat up from training and lifting weights, you know, two, three times a day, but I was taking pills. I was drinking. So on the outside, you know, life looked good. If you looked on Instagram, it looked great. I got the wife. I got three kids. I've got a business. I'm this integral member of the community, but behind the scenes, man, I was empty. And I was, I was, I was tore up, man. I, I wasn't doing, doing really well. Uh, fast forward. I ended up going to prison. I got in trouble. We were celebrating a, uh, uh, our gym. We, we had a anniversary for our gym, got super drunk and I committed a crime. I hit somebody with a, a wine bottle while I was there. I went to prison for 18 months and I lost everything. I lost everything. I lost my gym. I lost my wife. I lost my family. I lost everything. Uh, in prison, I wasn't one of those guys who ran to God when I was in prison. I was angry. I was mad that um, I felt like I had been cheated. I had worked hard. I had broke the, the generational curse of poverty in my life. I had broken all of these curses. I felt like I was doing good and, um, you know, the decision that I made was on me, but I was, I was angry. So 18 months I spent reading books, drawing up, uh, different like business plans. Like I was really working on myself. I was doing counseling. Like I worked on my past childhood traumas, but people would be like, Andrew, let's go to church while I was in prison. And I would just laugh. I was like, I was almost like Paul. Uh, I was like Saul, actually. I was just like, you know, why would you guys go to church? Like, why? Like, you know, I was, I was persecuting other Christians because my relationship with God was so, was so non-existent. So fast forward, man, I get out of prison. I have, I have nothing. I start from nothing. And my goal was to create like this online presence through social media. So I started, uh, you know, working out, filming my workouts, doing online training, um, training athletes, college athletes, professional athletes, uh, you know, all kinds of people. And so I started to succeed again. My business was booming. I was starting to pick up. And, uh, I started traveling. I went to Hawaii twice, Vegas. I was just, I was, I was showing out, but even though I was, I was doing well financially, I felt like I was on that same track that I was on before where I was, I was, uh, achieving and succeeding and something was off. And, uh, I just felt like I needed to, to get back with God. There was just like this, this 
feeling in my spirit. I was like, yo, it's time to get back to God. So I rededicated my life to Christ. And, um, as I was like, you know, working on that relationship, um, I just got, I got done breaking up with this girl who I was seeing and, uh, my kids had me download TikTok in the fall. You know, they said, dad, we should do TikTok. And we, you know, we did some dances. We had a good time. We were having some fun. And one night I was just, uh, I was super down, not feeling very good. And I'm in my room by myself. I don't have my kids this weekend. And, uh, I, I did a 15 second video on TikTok, and it was me sharing my testimony. And up to this point, I hadn't really shared much because, um, you know, I was ashamed of my past. I, I you know, I'd gone to prison. What I did wasn't a, a good thing. You know, I, I just, I also heard you weren't supposed to mix business with religion. So I didn't want to mess up my, my business, but I just, there was something on my heart. And so it was a 15 second video. I didn't say a word. I pointed at a bunch of boxes and the first box said things God has taken me through. And I pointed at a box that said divorce. Another one said foster care. One said prison. And then one said everything else. Right. I post the video and I go to sleep. When I went to bed, I had 200 followers. Um, the next morning when I woke up, I had 15,000 followers wow. and it was, uh, my, my messages were just kind of overflowing. There was comments. And so I, I kind of like, I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. I've never talked about my faith before. And this is kind of the response. And so as I'm going through my messages, people are like, man, that gave me hope. It makes me feel good knowing that I'm not the only person out there. One said that, you know, I was going to, I was going to kill myself. I was going to hurt myself and seeing that, you know, you've made it through the struggles you've gone through, you know, help stop me from doing that. And I just, I started crying right there on the spot. And I just felt the Holy spirit come over me and was just like, this is what you were, this is, this is your purpose. This is exactly, this is the prophecy that I spoke, you know, 13, 14 years ago is you're made for a time like this. And you're going to tell people about Jesus, millions of people. And, uh, I'll hear to testify today as we speak, I have over a million followers across all social media platforms. Uh, I speak to millions of people every day with words of gold that, uh, tell people about Jesus. So <laughs> that's, that's the story, man. That's where I'm at. Y'all, the, the toughest thing about this interview was really narrowing down what we was going to talk about. Because as you can tell in this story, Andrew could talk about fitness, relationship, uh, business, losing everything and bouncing back, going to prison, um, substance abuse and God just redeeming. And there's so much in that. And Andrew, I just want to say, first of all, I really appreciate your transparency um, and how you really highlighted God being faithful and being the redeemer i just want to encourage the person that's listening and maybe you may have a similar story i just want to encourage you do not allow a dark past to overshadow a bright future and i am just so grateful that you took your time in sharing your story because i want to remind the listener who i like to call thriver and i want to encourage you that god wants to use your story to bring him glory you do not have to live in shame due to your past mistakes whatever it is God is in the is in the redemption business and God can turn that thing around and use it for his glory. And so I just want to say amen to everything that Andrew just said. So being a basically a Christian influencer and using your social media platforms to point others to Christ. Uh, when it comes to Christianity and our faith, there's a lot of misconceptions. And so I want to speak to like, what are some things that people get wrong about Christianity in general? Oh man, <laughs> uh, there, there's so many different things. Um, I think that a lot of people feel like they have to have everything together to be a Christian, right? That they, they have to be perfect that, um, you know, that maybe they, what they've done is, is, is too bad for God to accept them. 
Uh, I think that people believe that God's not with them or that he's not listening to them if they don't get what they want or if they're not getting what they pray for. Um, man, I think that uh, a big thing, and, and we said we we're going to talk about it, is that it's a religion, that it's a Come checklist on. of do's and don'ts and that it's not a relationship. And uh, that couldn't be further from the truth. Yes, it's so much more than a checklist. I'm glad that you brought that up because as the title of this episode is Relationship Over Religion, I had an entirely different thing, uh, set of questions planned. But when I watched that video, that YouTube video, I was like, all right, Lord, thank you for the confirmation, throwing this audible. And you mentioned like four ingredients to a healthy relationship with the Lord. Could you kind of share those here? Yeah, yeah. So what I did is I did a search of, you know, what, what a healthy relationship looks like. And I'm talking about like a personal relationship and a marriage or, or you know, um, between two people who, who love one another. And I mean, you can, there was, there was hundreds of them, but across the board, there were four that popped up in almost every search and it was trust, love, communication, and quality time spent together. And I believe that in order to have uh, a healthy relationship, not just with one another, but especially with God, we have to have those four things and trust. You have to trust God uh, that he knows best, that he wants what's best for you. You have to stand on his promises and, uh, you know, get it, get it, be acquainted with what it is that he says. Um, love. I think that a lot of people serve God out of fear rather than love, meaning that they're scared to go to hell. So they want to do the right things to avoid that. But for me, I found the most success in serving God, not out of fear. Now I have a fear of God. I have a respect for him, but I don't serve him because of that. I serve him because I love him because what he did on the cross for me. And that even at my lowest, he was still there. So I serve him out of a reverence and a love rather than this, this fear where he's this daunting God standing over me, waiting for me to make a mistake. Uh, communication is key. Uh, how do you know where you're going to go? How do you know what God's going to do? How do you know, you know, if you're not praying and communicating with God, right? Uh, you know, his voice, how are you going to be led? Um, how can you discern what he wants to do with your life? So communication is huge. And then uh, spending quality time. I can't, I can't be in a successful relationship with my wife if I don't want to spend time with her, if I don't make her a priority, if she's got a battle with my video games, if she's got a battle with social media, if she's got a battle with anything, in my life, right? That's going to uh, negatively affect our relationship. And it's the same with God. He doesn't want to have to compete with the things of this world. He wants to be a top priority. So we have to make sure that we're putting him first and making him a priority because a lot of people will do this is they'll, they'll live their life. And then they'll, whatever little bit of time they have left over, they'll give to God. Ooh. But I think that we need to give God our first fruit, not just of our finances, right? As tithe, but of our time, which is our most precious commodity. He should have the first fruits of our time and our thoughts and all of that. Andrew, yo, I'm just going to have to leave the link to that YouTube video in the show notes because he gave us like the spark notes, but you got to go and listen to it. And, and it's full. I, it's so many tweetable, tweetable moments there. Like we should serve God out of love and not fear because when we serve God out of fear, Instead of love, that's when it's religion over relationship. And it's all about relationships over religion and giving God your first, giving God your best. You, you said it so well. A lot of times we try to fit God into our plans, but God is too big for them. We need to make our plans centered around God and to put him first, as it says in Matthew 6, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto us. And so he mentioned four things, trust, love, 
communication, and quality time to make for a healthy relationship with Christ. Now, speaking of quality time, I want you to talk to the person that they, they desire to get closer to the Lord, um, but they don't know how to, quote unquote, spend time with the Lord. Like, where should they even start with this quality time thing with God? Yeah, so I think the for me, what what has worked the most is um, just just carving out time, you know, in the morning. Uh, I like to spend the first little bit of part of time with, when I wake up. Uh, it's just this, this, this gratitude and this thankfulness. So a practice that I do every morning is I wake up and just say, God, thank you for another day. Thank you for an opportunity. Like if he woke me up this morning, that means there's a purpose for my life. So the first thing I'm doing is just being thankful and grateful and spending that time before I check my phone, before I even hop about a bed, my eyes open up and it's just like, I've got another day. I'm blessed. So I sit in that moment. Uh, of just gratitude and appreciation. Um, as far as like carving time out, you know, I, my videos on social media, it always says, if you've got time to scroll, then you've got time to pray. Or if you've got time to scroll, then you've got time to read your Bible. So too many people say, well, I don't have time. But if they're on social media, they catch those videos and it's just like, it's a stinger. If you have time to be on social media, then you have time to read your Bible. So what we need to do is start making that a priority, setting time aside, um, and, and really diving into whether it's sitting, still, whether it's praise, whether it's prayer, whether it's reading your Bible, it can look different to each individual, but God will know what to do at that time, right? It's, it's, it's not up to, it's not necessarily up to us. We set the side, the time aside, we enter into his presence and he will lead you in that. Amen. Bro, you said, if you woke you up this morning, he has a purpose for their life. I want the listeners to just kind of marinate on that. And you're right, man. I remember, you know, watching your videos and you saying that, I was like, oh, convicting and encouraging all at the same time. <laughs> My mom would say, like, you always have time for what you do first. And so I'm so glad you spoke about spending time with the Lord first thing in the morning. So whether you're a morning person or a night person, I want to I just want to encourage you to, to start your day off with the Lord. If you are a night person, spend, a, you know, when you get up in the morning. Um, just do it first. Read the scripture, have some time in prayer. And then once again, if you are a night person, you can spend more time with the Lord um towards towards the night. And so once again, it's not about having time for Jesus, it's about making time for Jesus. The Bible tells us in Second Timothy two sixteen, it says that all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So Andrew, all scripture is essential, but I'm just curious, like, do you have like a life verse or a favorite passage of scripture you would like to share? Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually do. Colossians uh, three 23 is um, it's a verse that, you know, I I've lived by and it says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. And um, I let that sit just like whatever I'm doing, man, whether I'm working out, whether I'm eating, whether I'm talking to somebody, I'm creating content, whatever I'm doing with my life, it's not for man. It's not for clout. It's not for their approval. It's not to make people happy because a lot of the time serving God goes in the direct opposition of what this world is telling us. And so I have to, I write that on my heart that I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm doing every, I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of my body. I'm eating healthy. I'm exercising, not for man, not for vain conceit. I'm doing it because this is my temple. So I'm doing it for God. I'm creating content not to get likes or views or shares. I'm doing this for God. Everything I do is, is for God. That, I love that passage so much. And 
for those as, as, as listening, you may have a different passage of scripture that you like, but I just want to encourage you when it comes to quality time and it comes to being rooted in God's word. I heard this quote where it says, get into God's word until it gets into you. And so, Andrew, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. How can people go from surviving to thriving in their walk with the Lord? I know a lot of what you already said kind of points them in, in this direction. But I just want to ask some more important. How can people go from surviving to thriving in their walk with the Lord? Well, you said it in the, the intro that two of the things that I've built my life on is discipline and consistency. And um, I believe that that goes in any and every aspect of your life, whether it's financial, spiritual, physical, if you're disciplined and you stay consistent, you're going to go, uh, you're going to thrive, right? You're going to thrive. So there's two important things that I've never seen a successful Christian not do, and that's pray and read their Bible. And there's no way around it. I've never seen anybody on fire. I've never seen anybody thriving in their relationship who just skips prayer or who just skips reading the Bible. Um, people are constantly asking me that question. Like, how do I grow in my relationship with God? I go, well, are you reading your Bible? No. Okay. So prayer is communication, right? That's how we speak to God. But I believe that the word of God is how God speaks to us. So how can we say God's not talking to us if our Bibles aren't open? Come on. So the two things is discipline, right? Right. Making the time, like we said, to pray and to read your Bible and then doing it consistently. You know, if I go to the gym and I work out, you know, two or three times a week, that's good. That's not bad. But if I want to get the optimal results, I need to go four, five, six times a week. Um, and I need to be eating healthy, right? So if I want results, it comes from the discipline and consistency. And it's the same thing in your walk with God. If I want to have a thriving relationship, then I need to consistently seven days a week be in prayer. And I need to be consistently in my Bible seven days a week, no days off. And amen to that. I love that attitude of no days off discipline, consistency, time in the word and time in prayer, simple Practical, but powerful. And Andrew, before I let you go, man, please tell the people how they can connect with you. I know I'm going to leave your link in the show notes, but tell the people how they can connect with you. Man, I am on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. If I had MySpace still, you'd find me there. I'm everywhere. But uh, my handle is Andrew F. Carter across the board. Love it. Love it. Andrew, man, thank you so much for joining the Real People Real Talk show and just adding um, value to my dear audience. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. It's all glory to God. I pray that somebody gets something from this. Amen. Amen. And thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time here, thank you. We have a lot of great content that will help you to thrive spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, and relationally. So feel free to binge listen to all of this good content and get inspired. And if this is not your first time listening, hey, thank you for coming back. Thank you for sticking around. I don't take it for granted that people tune in to this podcast, but you know the drill. Don't be stingy. If you like what you heard today, then share this episode with a friend right now. You can simply text them the link and invite them to take a listen, or you can screenshot how you're listening and add it to your stories or, or tweet about it. We would love for you to help us to spread the word. So make sure you follow Andrew F. Carter for more good content as well. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, The Last Seven Sands, the bonus episode we did on Good Friday, and you want to hit the gospel and some good preaching, we had revival on that episode. I will point you back to that one. If you already listened to it, we will see you next week. As we're going to be talking about mental health. We're entering to quarter two as we're entering to April. And we just want to do a mental health check in and make sure you're taking care of your mental health. And now 
I'm going to leave you with a song by my sister in Christ, J.E. White, called Change Me. Enjoy. We live daily through the same thing, fantasy routine, yeah. Churchy mysticism, feeding sheep fake fools so they comply to do exactly what we want them to do. The heart's been dark and selfish motives at the root of it. So God for me, could you please remove it? Remove it, remove it. Just for me, God, could you please remove it? I hear you knock, knock, knocking at the door of my heart And I want you to know that I am coming But before I go 